0: If you have a Bible, go ahead, and open it up to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and let me start as you're turning there. Uh, Pastor Preston mentioned a couple weeks ago that a test was coming, and I don't know if you're like me, but that's been on my mind recently. That's been something that just even in my time with the Lord, I've been diving more into, and uh, so the, you're going to see elements of that test here in, in John 15, and uh, the, the title of my message today is this, it's now what? Now what? Test is coming, now what? And, and a lot of what we're going to find even in here is, is maybe some uh, a blueprint or a path maybe even for how God desires that we take some of the tests of this life. And so uh, John 15, we're going to jump in, beginning in verse 1, it says this, Jesus speaking to his disciples says this, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, he says, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Are you seeing a theme of what Jesus is talking about so far? It says, if anyone does not abide in me, verse 6, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, everybody say, by this, My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Again, the title of the message today is this, Now What? Let's pray, can we? God, thank you so much for your presence. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you desire to speak, and you have been speaking this entire time. I thank you that you are a speaking God who desires to connect with us. God, I thank you that no matter what we think brought us here today, pray today we would recognize that you had a hand in us being here for this moment right now. You brought us here. You desire to meet with us. You desire to speak with us. And God, we're thankful today that you desired so much so that you allowed us to do it in community with one another. God, I pray that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us. That we would leave a little bit more like you than when we came in. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. 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 John 15. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he is letting them in on the fact that a test is coming. How many of you are thankful that we serve a God that is so gracious and so kind that he gives you a heads up oftentimes of what is to come? That he doesn't desire that you be too over, like there's going to be things in life that we're overwhelmed by. There's going to be things that we're caught off guard by. But yet, if we look through the course of scripture, we'll find that the warnings were there, that the instructions were there that the kindness of God was there to let us know, hey, something is coming. And this is what we're finding in John 14, 15, and 16 here as Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's letting them know, hey, a test is coming. That test, we know, obviously having the end of the story, having the rest of the story, is that Jesus is no longer going to be physically present with them here very soon. He's letting them know that, hey, there is a time coming when things are gonna shift, where I'm not gonna be physically present here with you any longer. Don't worry, I will send my spirit to you and he will lead you, he will guide you, he will teach you of things that I have yet to teach you. He will remind you of things that I have, uh, that I have already spoken to you, but make no mistake about it, a test is coming. Jesus later in, verse, in, in John chapter 16 will go on to kind of identify a little bit more of what this looks like and he says, you are going to be persecuted more than ever before. You're going to be hated more than ever before. People are going to disagree with you and question what it is that you are staking your life on more than ever before. But again, I want to encourage you and let you know that I am the true vine. And he sits with them. And, and if, you, if you go back and you read John 14, 15, and 16, what's interesting is that as Jesus is teaching his disciples and, and as he is letting them know this test is coming, I want you to be aware of a couple key things he draws attention, there's three one-word uh, suggestions, more say commands, uh, instructions of the Lord uh, that he asks his disciples to hold onto, to keep doing, even though everything is changing around you. And his disciples, you could tell that the, just the atmosphere of this moment right now is one of worry, it's one of fear. Maybe you found yourself there recently or today or just continually. Maybe you found yourself in a place of, uncertainty and not knowing what is coming and, and wondering, am I doing the right thing? Am I where I'm supposed to be? Is this exactly what God is asking of me? And this is what his disciples are. This is, the, this is the atmosphere that we find ourselves in here. And his disciples are, again, filled with worry and fear. And it's interesting is that four, I think four or five disciples here call out to Jesus and they, they interrupt actually what he's saying to ask a question. And what's encouraging is that our God doesn't shut them down. God does not shut you down because you have questions. God does not shut you down because you don't understand. God doesn't shut you and I down because we maybe don't get it always the first time. He welcomes our questions. He welcomes our concerns. And he says, here, let me explain for you. And that's what we're in, in John 14, 15, and 16. And he tells them, he gives three single word instructions that we're gonna get to here in a moment to say, hey, the way that I have led you for the last three years is actually an example of what you're going to need in this next season, this next test that you're going to face. I want you to understand today that new battles seldom require new weapons. Consider David for a second. Lion, bear, giant, same weapon, sling, some smooth stones. In fact, he was offered other weapons. Then he said, hey, no, 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 still same God, right? I'm good. I'm going to use what God has given me for this battle as well. Consider Moses, same stick. But so often in life, as new tests come, new battles come, new challenges arise in our life, what do we do? We begin to search for the next silver bullet that might be better in that season. We have this tendency to believe that what was good, that, that what God used to get me through to this point isn't going to cut it there. And though God does new things in your life, don't get me wrong, there are some fundamental principles that will stay the same for forever. And Jesus comes to his disciples and says, hey, don't be seduced by the culture. Don't be seduced by what is to come. Don't get your eyes off of what I have showed you, what I have demonstrated for you, and how we have lived and walked in this life up until now. Stand strong. Keep going. Don't buy the lie that something new is required in this new season, in this area. Like, what is foundational is still foundational. And he tells them, the first is this, and I want you to understand this today, that that the order of this is divine. Okay, Jesus in John 15 verse 1 says, I am the true vine. Okay, so he's telling them that though things are shifting, I am what's true. Let, let, let's make no mistake about it. Let us at least start there. I am what's true. Okay, so rest assured, though things shift, I am still true. John 16 verse 1, just to kind of give you a little bit of context so you understand. John 16 verse 1, Jesus is speaking to his disciples says, these things... These three things that I'm about to show you here in a second. These things I say to you, I've spoken to you that when everything shifts, when this happens, that you should not be made to stumble, that you won't be made to stumble. And again, the order is divine because what we're going to see is that in order for us to do what God has asked us to do, there there an in order to these things. The first is this, let, let John 14, verse one, the Bible says this and watch the, watch the wording here, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. John 14, verse 25 through 27 says this, these things, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Watch what he says, peace I leave with you My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I want you to understand today that this is a fundamental principle, a fundamental posture of a follower of Jesus, a letting posture. Consider hands open, submitted to the Lord. God, I will let you do whatever you want to do in my life. Hear me today. Uh, unless you let go of some things, he can't carry them for you. I want you to be empowered today and understand that letting is an empowering word. That, that here Jesus is telling them there are some things that you are not designed to carry. And I have actually given you the power by my spirit in you to not let them have power over you any longer. For some of you today, you need to understand that you don't have to let that root of bitterness continue to well up in your heart. You don't have to let that thing that was spoken over you continue to have power in your life. You don't have to let that anger continue to lead you down a path of of doing things that you don't even wanna do. You don't have to let fear cloud your ability to see Jesus any longer. Now, I understand this is not easy. I understand that it is not as simple as just, okay, I won't let it. Oh, there's work to be done. But let's understand from the very beginning that you don't have to let some things happen. In fact, many of us are letting weights weigh us down each and every day, so much so that you and I can't carry what God has actually intended for us to carry in this life. You don't have to let that pattern continue in your marriage. You don't have to let that thing continue to happen in your kid's life. On the the other side of it, there are some things that God is actually waiting for you to let him do in your life. Are you seeing this posture of letting? Letting him lead. Jesus says, I will give you my spirit and he will teach you of things. I will give you my my peace, but, but do we let him? Do we let or... Or do we say, God, thank you for saving me. I got it from here. Let, let me lead you. Let me speak into that area of life. Let me lead you down a path of freedom that you have tried to find your whole life by yourself. Let me finally come in and help you. Let me. Whatever you won't let go of, he cannot carry for you have you ever have you ever um, have you ever heard this this statement if you give them an inch, if you give them an inch they'll take a mile like that's that's how the enemy works you know that right like like that's just how it how it works and and be encouraged today you don't have to let that door stay open any longer Parents for some of you, you don't have to let your kids dress that way anymore Have you seen the way some of these kids I mean I'm um, my daughter, the other day, um, went to Target, and um, she's four, and she's learning to put makeup on, and by learning, I mean just disappearing for, like, 30 minutes, and you don't know where she is, and then comes back. It's like, this wrong, this wrong holiday you're dressing up for here, you know? The other day, I come home, and, and my wife does this thing. I come home, and my wife, she goes, Daddy, doesn't her makeup look so great? Like, to kind of soft toss it to me, you know, like... Don't screw this one up, okay? She's fragile, okay? And she's, four, so she's dressed like this, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then she's like, yeah, we're going to go to Target, you know? I'm like, like that? She's wearing Christmas leggings, a green tutu, okay? And j- just does not, she got like a blue headband, and she's got flip-flops on, you know, because we live in Arizona, right? So she's like, this is the most ridiculous outfit, you know? She, but she picked it out. She loves it. I let her wear that, you know? I chose to let that happen versus let her scream for the rest of the day, you know? (laughs) But letting, you don't have to let some things go on any longer. In fact, God wants to empower you to understand that that is actually something He is asking you to do. As things shift and you feel tempted to try something new, to maybe search for something new, Jesus says continue to just let me lead. Let me speak into that. Let me carry that for you. I wonder today, how's your letting muscle? How easy is it for you to let? How well have you been doing at letting that go and him, him lead? Second thing is this. Jesus says, the second uh, one word instruction is this, Abide. Abide. John 15 and verse 4 says this, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Consider for a moment, in John 15 verses 1 through 11, did you know that the word abide is used 11 times in 11 verses? Husbands, poll real fast, because I think you learned this at men's night on Friday. If your wife says something seven times in one day, it's wise to what? Okay, that was, that was a really good opportunity for you to chime in there. She says something seven times, it's wise to what? Listen, listen, way to go, we did it. Okay. Um, Wives, don't hold them to that, okay? A lot of the questions we say times are rhetorical, okay? So they didn't know. They were figuring it out. But it's wise to listen, right? 11 times in 11 verses, Jesus says, abide. Abide in me. Let's define it really quick. To stay. means to stay, to remain, to tarry with, to continue to be present, to not depart, to last, to endure. In fact, John will use this word to speak of intimacy. But it speaks of a connection. It speaks of a connection between two. Jesus is saying, hey, as things shift, as new tests come, rest assured. The same goal is there. Stay connected to me. Though I'm not physically going to be present anymore, I have given you my spirit. And he actually is a deposit in your life, an example in you as to how close I desire you to be in me so connected. This means that I take him with me wherever I go. This means I consult him before I consult anyone else or anything else. It means I'm constantly bouncing ideas off of him at work that I'm trying to come up with. It means that I'm, I'm just aware of his presence everywhere that I go. He says, abide in me. How many of you know just simply the word abide by itself is not where the power lies. It's actually where you abide that is most important. Because you will, be attempt, you will be tempted to abide in a lot of things in your life. In fact, scripture will illustrate that really this, this, this picture of a vine is really throughout all of scripture. And Jesus is making this indication to say, I am that which you have been longing for. I am the vine. That all the nutrients you truly need and search for, I am that. They come through me. Nothing else. But what we find in this world is that there are a lot of copies of this vine, don't we? In fact, Revelation speaks to an earthly vine that is daily being ripened for the day's judgment. What is, it? What is that? That is, that is the way of the world. It's this idea that I can provide for myself. It's this idea that I've got myself. I'm good. I can handle this. That you will be tempted constantly to attach to, to abide in another vine that is simply a mere copy of the one true vine that is Jesus. And he says, as things shift, do not be tempted. Though it looks pretty, it is empty. Though it promises the world, it can guarantee nothing. But I, I have been with you. And just as you've walked with me, Jesus says to his disciples, just how you have talked with me, it is is still that, stay connected to me. There's this idea of staying power that is, that is indicative here, that is explained here, and, and, and I, don't, I don't know about you, but, but, but growing up my whole life, I moved a lot. In fact, Arizona currently, just, just a week ago, I celebrated seven years here at this church here in Arizona. And yeah, that's exciting. It, it's not normal for me. I'll just be honest. If I could just, shit, like it's not normal for me. I don't know what it's like to be somewhere for seven years. Now, it's just the way that I grew up. My dad was in ministry and my, my, my parents were both in ministry. And so we traveled and, and we, we would we move from here to there. And, and people tell me, hey, where are you from? And I'm like, ah, do you have, do you have a second? Can you sit down? And, it, and my life was great, and I learned to make friends and all that kind of stuff. But I look, and, and, and I look back over the course of my life, and I never really, it was high school, four years at one school, the longest I ever went to one place. Never lived in the same state for more than about four to five years. My whole life, I just move in, moving, in, multiple different houses and multiple different schools. And, and so staying somewhere is new for me. Over the last couple of years, it's been this like this weird, like, are we supposed to go somewhere? I don't know. Like this is this is what I feel. This is what I've always known, but the Lord just working in me. No, there's there's power in staying. There's power in staying connected. There's power in continuing to be where I have asked you to be, and that is in me, in my plan. Oh, but there's temptation, isn't there? That over there looks pretty. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna just go over there. Only to find that the nutrients that I need are are back there. He says, abide in me. Don't buy the lie. Don't don't connect yourself to another vine. I am the one true vine. And the third thing that he says is this, bear. Bear. What you're gonna notice is that letting, abiding, and bearing are all relational words. If you dig into them, you'll, you'll recognize that they're all, they're all relationally connected. Stay connected to me, let me, bear. Let's define it for a second, because much has been made about this word bear, and, and we, need to, we need to understand where this comes from. John 15 verse eight says, by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. To bear means this, to carry, to allow to bring forth, to uphold. Now, some of of your Bibles will actually translate this produce, and though that's not wrong, um, it's, it's only a mere piece of the extent of this word bear, ultimately meaning to carry, to allow to come through you. Jesus is saying, apart from a connection with me, fruit can't even be your goal. Oh, you'll produce some stuff for sure, but it's not gonna lead anywhere. You want lasting fruit? You wanna do something that matters, that lasts? You gotta be connected to me because I've actually created you to carry some things in this life. There are some things that you and I as followers of him are to carry everywhere that we go. There's also some things, as we've already stated, there's some things that you should not carry. Have you ever tried to carry all the groceries into your house at one time? Only to like get to the door and you're like, you're like, oh, shoot, keys are in my pocket. You know, your spouse, you're like, hey, can you grab those, you know? Then you get smart and you start putting the keys in your mouth, you know, and then, which is not healthy probably. But we try to carry so much. God says, actually, there are things, like there are things you're supposed to carry everywhere you go. But for too many of us, we're we're so bound by everything else that we're carrying, we can't actually see or carry what he's asked us to. Uh, He said, I'm asking you to to carry something. The first thing that he asks us to carry is fruit. To allow to come through our lives is fruit. Hear me, when was the last time you walked through a vineyard and you heard the branch like moaning and groaning trying to produce grapes? Never It's just what they do. In fact, one could say that you could actually worry less about fruit and more about connection, and fruit will come. Now, you have a part to play in this. It's not without effort. There is effort involved with producing fruit in your life. I just believe we've gotten, we've kind of misidentified where that effort is supposed to go. We extend so much effort into forcing something to happen and trying to hit a number, get some results. But what I see here is God is saying, the effort lies in you staying connected to me and allowing the nutrients that I provide to flow through you. And if you just worry about staying connected to me, I promise you will see some things that you didn't even know you could do. But it's about staying connected and in me. But I have some fruit for you to bear. I've got some fruit for you to carry couple things really quickly about fruit. Fruit are visible, right? Like fruit is is visible to the naked eye. Like you could see it. If that tree is actually doing something, if it's connected, if that tree's not dead, if it's alive, you're gonna see some stuff from their life, okay? That's just like good pre-dating advice in general. Like see some stuff first before we go down this road, but that's a different message, okay? But the second thing about fruit is that they, it always bears the nature and character of the tree that it's a part of. Like, you're not going to get apples from a pear tree. You're not going to get lemons from an orange tree. Pretty sure those are all trees, but you get the point, okay? But you're not going to get those because it, a branch can only bear what is natural to the tree. This is why it's so important that you make sure you know where you're abiding and where you're connecting. This is why it is so extremely important you understand that there is a difference between abiding in the true vine that is Jesus and this earthly vine that we're, we're shown, this earthly vine that we're handed that says, hey, you can make something of yourself over here because the vine you connect to Ultimately, has a nutrient as it has a fruit that it bears naturally through its branches that are connected to it. Do you know where you're connected? Do you know what fruit you're even supposed to be producing? Many scholars will actually say that the fruit. Jesus will go on in John 15, and he'll he'll basically identify, and I'll read it for you. It's not going to be up on the screen, but he says. Uh, As my father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love, verse nine. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy will remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment. This is what he tells you to do. This is the fruit that you would love one another as I have loved you. Many scholars would actually say that love is the fruit under which all other fruits are that we're to love one another, that that is ultimately the fruit of our life, that we would showcase and demonstrate and be an example of the love of God that we have received and walk in. But for many of us, we actually have to let ourselves be loved by God in order to display that. Some of us, we actually have to let ourselves receive the grace of God in order to so we actually have to let ourselves receive the forgiveness of God and the purpose that he has for my life. Let myself do it and stop wondering if I'm qualified or not in order to then actually be able to that fruit to flow through me. See how the order is divine? The second thing, well, fruit, really quick. Fruit brings glory to God, but works draw attention to ourselves. Results are based on our effort, but fruit is rooted in relationship. Fruit is all about relationship between the branch and the vine. Fruit requires this intimate connection. It comes from letting go of the connections that we've had in the past. Fruit, the second thing that we're called to to bear as a follower of Jesus, when he says everything is shifting, though things are shifting, I don't want it to change in you. Continue to let me, continue to abide in me, just as I've showed you. Continue to bear what I've asked you to bear, nothing more, nothing less. Second thing, is this, my witness, bear witness. John 15, verse 26 through 27, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I'm reminded of the story in Acts chapter four. I would encourage you to go read it later this week, but Acts chapter four, Peter and John are on trial. And there are those in the city that are, that are conversing as to what are we gonna do with these men. They, Peter and John have been told, you dare not ever speak of the name of Jesus again. And they said, hey, you be the judge, but here's the deal. Um, we cannot help but speak of the things that which, of which we have seen and heard. I respect your authority, but I'm submitted to a higher one and I have to speak of what I have seen and heard. Like, I'm just telling you, like, being gracious, I'm throwing this out. I have to talk about this. And they're conversating and trying to determine, what are we going to do with these men? And they say, they actually identify Peter and John. They say, these seem to be untrained and uneducated men. And yet, they have been with Jesus. Anybody and everybody around them was able to tell that they have been around that man. They have been around. They smelled like him. They talked like him. They walked like him. They, they, they carried themselves like them. They stood like him. And I just want to let you know, you have seen some stuff. You have heard some stuff in your life, parents, and your kids need to know now. Or someone else will teach them later. You, you've actually seen God do a lot more in your life than maybe you give credit to. You've heard some stuff. And Jesus is telling his disciples, as things shift, you need to be clear. What I'm asking you to carry is not your fear, is not your worry. Throw that on me because I need you to carry my witness of what I have done because you have been with me. Is that how we walk? Is that how we, is that how we go to the grocery store? Is that how we go to work? Is that how we walk through our neighborhood? Is that how we sit down across the table from coffee? He says, bear my witness. Carry this with you. This is what I long for you to showcase and to display. The third thing that he asks us to carry is his word. His word. John 16, verse 12 through 13 says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. As if to say, there are some things I have spoken to you that you've been able to carry so far. but There's a lot more that you're not ready for yet. But look what Jesus said. But however... When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. John 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you. He says, Isaac, there are a lot of things in this life that you're going to be tempted to hold on to. But what is coming, you need to understand that can't get you through. That can't help you. That isn't what I have modeled to you, Jesus is telling his disciples. Carry with you my very word, the word that is true. Because there are going to be things that are going to confuse you in this life. There are going to be things that try to, try to make you question what is true and what is not. And you need to understand of all the things that I'm asking you to carry, my word is one of them. Please, son, put down fear. Put down insecurity. Put down your worry and your anxiety. Again, I'm not saying it is easy, but at least try. Begin the process. Because what I'm asking you to carry is my word that is true with you everywhere you go. Things are shifting, he tells his disciples. But I have made an example to you. I have been an example to you for the last three, three and a half years that I have done life with you. That as things shift and I'm physically not present anymore, continue to let me lead you through my Holy Spirit. Continue to abide in my presence. Continue to stay connected to me. New battles don't always require new weapons, Jesus is saying. Stay connected to me. Now what, Jesus? Jesus, now what? What do we do? Let me lead you. Stay connected to me. Carry what I've asked you to carry, nothing more and nothing less, and you're going to be okay. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard at times, but you're going to be okay. I'm with you. Makes Makes me think of Psalm 46, when the psalmist says, be still, And know that I am God. James 1, verse 12 said, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. So your fundamental purpose in this life is not to be a fill-in-the-blank. But it is to abide in him and bear what he asks you to bear, nothing more, nothing less As you see him, know him, and let him love you. I want to let you know today that oftentimes winning or passing this test is as simple as sticking it out with him. Just stay. Just keep doing what he has asked you to do. There will be times Jesus asks you to do new things. But fundamentally at its core, it is always and always will be Let me lead you, stay with me, carry what I ask you to carry.